Welcome to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. Whether you feel that you don't have enough money to start investing or are under the preconceived notion that investing is only for the wealthy, Magnus and his expert guests are here to help you. Now here is your host, Magnus Carter. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show, uh, the Making More Money for You show on Voice America on the Business Channel. I want to take a moment to have a special thanks to Drone Tech last week. Laura O'Toole gave some great insight of what the company has been doing, her personal preferences on some of the great features that Drone Deck is offering, plus a little bit of where the company is actually going. And if you're still invest interested in them, uh, look them up at dronedeck.com. Uh, they're also looking, still looking for investors. So we'll have more to come to them when the time is right. But this week's show is way different than any of your other uh, investing shows because we're going to talk about a topic that not a lot of people understand, uh, even heard of, and we're going to be talking about land banking. And I got one of the sm- the icons in the industry, in real estate industry, apparently, that I was just informed about today, is he is here uh, to talk about and answer questions about it and if it's right for you. So my guest today is Brad Warren from Valor Enterprises, and is considered a land banking specialist. Uh, To make things even better is, while talking with Brad before, we're able to also open up the phone lines. If you have any questions during the show, call in, and we can answer them live on the the show for you. The phone number for that is 1-866-472-5789. It's 1-866-472-5789. Brad, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, absolutely! It was a weird topic when I when we we're when I was looking for guests and whatnot, especially on what the whole show is about of uh, finding different ways to invest. And this one, Roy, really caught my eye of land banking. I know we had a previous uh, meeting about this, and it really opened my eyes up about it. But can you give us a little bit of insight about you on your journey here and how it actually let, led you to land banking? Sure. Uh, I actually do a quarterly net worth statement. I've been doing it since I met my wife in 1989 when we got married. And on December 31st, 2011, I looked at the quarterly net worth statement and realized my wife could retire. Together, we could retire using her you know, retirement fund that she had saved up through her 401k, but by myself, I did not have enough money to retire on my own if I was single. And that was kind of an eye-opener. I was disappointed in myself, realized I needed to make a change. So the next month, January of 2012, I had my land banking friend, Marcella Silva, come to our house with her laptop and her husband, sat down with my wife and I at the kitchen table, just like a regular real estate agent would do a listing presentation. And she did the hour and a half presentation on land banking, after which my wife stood up and said, no, thank you. Uh, I like my 401k. I like my mutual funds. I'm going to keep doing that. And she walked out of the room and I turned to Marcella and said, I need to do this because there's no way I'm going to generate enough money to retire on my own. So two months later, I had my first property. A year later, I had my second. A year after that, I got my third. Then my wife came to hear Marcella present again at a hotel. It's one of those places you do the, you know, you rent the room, mm-hmm. you invite uh, all your investors to bring their guests. So she came along, but the whole way in the car, Magnus, she's going, now I'm not going to invest. I haven't changed <laughs> my mind, but I just, you've been doing this for like three years now and you own three properties and you've gone down and looked at your land and you have even put them in little baggies and brought home little scoops of dirt from where you bought. Uh, something's going on here. Oh, and you've been getting these referral fees from Marcella. You've made tens of thousands of dollars in referral fees in just three years. Maybe I missed something, but I'm not going to buy. Well, needless to say, we go, we hear the presentation, and she buys two properties right there in the hotel. She had her (laughs) checkbook with her, which I did not know. And that was properties number four and five, and today we own 11. And I have since gotten my real estate license and joined Marcella's team as the first agent on her team. And now I sell dirt. I sell land to people just like (laughs) I had gotten it myself. Okay. Well, that is definitely a different aspect of what dirt can do for you. 
<laughs> Most definitely, because it's normally just laying there. It's like, eh, you know, it's dirt. I'm not going to do anything with it, but I'm going to buy it. And just in case I want to do something with it. Now, on your, what were you thinking on the way to the presentation? When your wife was constantly saying, I'm not going to buy anything. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. What was going through your mind in that in that time frame, even though that you own three properties already? Well, to be honest, I didn't have any expectations. She's okay. very clear. And when she said she wasn't going to buy, I figured she wasn't going to buy. So I said, great. I, I don't care if you don't buy or, or not, but at least come and you know, listen to Marcella's presentation and learn some more about it. And you'll get to see what I've been doing all, the, all these last three years. And so I was just very neutral about it and surprised when she pulled out her checkbook and raised her hand and said, I want that one. And I, I turned to her and I said, wait a minute. You said you weren't going to buy. She said, shut up. I'm buying. And then she bought another one. <laughs> and the whole way home in the car, I couldn't help it, Magnus. I couldn't help it. The whole way home in the car, I said, so I thought you weren't going to buy. How come you? <laughs> and I was teasing her. And she said, oh, I get it now. I really get it. I, I see the possibilities. And I did not see it three years ago. And I wish I had started three years ago when you did. But you brought up a valid point, though that she did have investments already done and she did diversify her investments. And that gave her the, the edge to be able to one retire at that age, if she chose to. If, and when you were looking at the quarterly statements, of course, but it also triggered you in something is you need more diversification. So once you started diversifying, how did that change your portfolio? Well, uh, the actual numbers uh, right now between the two of us, we own 11 properties and about one third of our liquid portfolio. In other words, we took all of her um, uh, her 401k mm -hmm. from two different companies uh, that okay. she worked at, one for like 18 years and one for 16 years. Oh my. Uh, we converted, okay. again, being very conservative, she converted mm -hmm. most of that to a fixed indexed annuity with life insurance with living benefits. So nice. now we're fully insured in case something happens. Our daughter's going to be a very wealthy woman. Uh, we've also, we can borrow against it if we have to and, and pay ourselves back uh, for long-term care if that comes up. Uh, and, and so the land is, so that's about two thirds of our portfolio and the land is about a third. So okay. don't put all of it there. I would highly recommend to people not to put all of your money in. It's like they say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's the same with, with investing. It's a diversification real estate strategy. It's a little more longer term. We tell people on average seven to 10 years to get the return that okay. we want you to get, which is in the three to seven times, three to seven X return. But you got to be patient and it has to be money that you can just set aside and leave it there, which is why most of my clients use uh, self-directed IRAs and self-directed 401ks to invest. Okay. Now we've got your background in it. Now let's talk a little bit what land banking actually means. So you've said before you own dirt, but can we clarify what kind of dirt it is? And is it what makes this dirt so special to you? Okay, so a bunch of questions in there. So mm -hmm. where we invest and the only place we invest is within a 60-mile radius of downtown Los Angeles. You can invest in land in Los Angeles proper in the city. First of all, there isn't any land. And even right. if you could find it, you're talking two to seven million per acre. We're in the outskirts. So we're in okay. the Antelope Valley, uh, Lancaster, Palmdale, Victorville, Adelanto, the Inland Empire. We are even outside that 60 mile radius. We've done some investing in Palm Springs and Desert Hot Springs. But basically our company goes out, we have a research and acquisition department, they find land, and later I can tell you what we look for, but it's very comprehensive. We buy the land, very cheap. We mark it up to create cash flow to run the company. The investor who buys it at the marked up value, which is still below market, so they're getting a little bit of built-in equity to start, they are the ones that are patient and can hold it the seven to 10 years that we say on average is about when they expect the developer to knock on their door. And that's your exit strategy. You wait for a developer. Let's say it's an energy company that wants to build a thousand acre solar farm and you own one acre. You don't have to own a, a lot. One acre is a, of, of what we call green real estate mm -hmm. is about $25,000. Okay. 
So an okay. acre, acre and a quarter. Sometimes you can get two acres for 25. But your one acre is in the middle of the thousand acre project <laughs> and they can't build that project and leave a blank acre there of just dirt. So they have to buy your land. So you have a, a basically a captive buyer. Uh, and then we offer free negotiation coaching to make sure you get into that three to seven X return uh, in the course of your negotiations, which could take six months or a year. Um, but in the meantime, that energy company is consolidating an acre here, 10 acres there, five acres here, two acres here, until they finally own the complete thousand acre uh, amount of land that they need for the project. Okay. Well, that's actually like a story. I, of course, I got for the free trips and everything. Like you were talking about one of those um, those seminars. I got mm -hmm. suckered into a seminar down in Florida, uh -huh. but found out it was a timeshare thing. Oh, but right. one of the but the story with Westgate, it was actually Westgate that did this. A lady held on to her property, and it was in the middle of where they were going to actually renovate and rebuild a new facility there she held on to that one little piece of property they couldn't do anything because it's uh, it was titled and deeded to her and they couldn't do any renovations until they had a hundred percent of it and she made out like a bandit i remember they showed me the things uh back in 1970 she bought it for i think it was like five thousand dollars was the timeshare and she had it since the 70s once they did and when the, she finally broke down and sold it, she got $6.4 million for that Ooh. one little piece of property to get it paid for. I think it was six, four. It was in the sixes, but to, because they wanted it that bad to renovate and build and expand there. And they had to pay her out. Yeah. They, they couldn't I, do anything. I can't promise those kinds of returns oh right that that is astronomical <laughs> off the charts but the concept is exactly the same okay. buy land that's in the path of growth hold for you know uh, an extended period of time seven to ten years on average we do have uh, clients that exit sooner and we have some that exit later I, my actual property in march of this year 2023 it will turn um 11 years old and i haven't sold it yet and people, my friends say, well, ha, you got taken. You, you know, it's it's 11 years. You haven't sold. I said, well, let me tell you something. It's a mixed use property. I paid 115000 for 1.25 acres. Right okay. now wow. on the market, less than a half a mile away in the same zoned area, there's a property selling. Well, I, uh, if you break down the 115000 to square feet, mm -hmm. I paid $2.17 per square foot. There is a property a half a mile away that's selling for over eight and a half dollars a square foot. So I know wow. my property is worth at least four times what I paid. But wait, there's more, Magnus. So on either side of me is a company called BYD, Build Your Dreams. It's a Chinese okay. electric car manufacturer that built its only North American electric bus manufacturing uh, facility in the city of Lancaster. Well, when I first went down and looked at it many, many years ago, it housed about 80 to 90 employees, I think, and they were making about 15 buses a year. Okay. Two years after that, they expanded to five times the size of the building. They had 800 to 900 employees, and they were making over 100 buses. Well, guess what? That was on one side of me. That was to the east of me. To the west of me, a half a mile away, BYD just bought a 160-acre empty parcel. And they're building a second North American electric bus manufacturing company. Wow. Do you think they know something is going on in that area? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's in the same zoning, the same area as my. So that just raised the price of my land. And oh, by the way, here's the last thing. The city council did me a huge favor about a year ago. I didn't ask him to do this, Magnus. The city council of Lancaster went ahead mm -hmm. and rezoned my MU4, meaning mixed use four, which uh -huh. means that you're allowed to build four stories high, they rezoned it to MU5. So now the developer, let's say it's a hotel developer and uh -huh. they want to buy my land. Well, now they can build a five-story hotel instead of a four-story hotel. What do you think that just did to the value of my land? It just bumped it up one X more factor. So I know my land is now currently 
worth at least five or six times what I paid for it. And to tell you the truth, if I wait another nine years and it takes me 20 years, mm -hmm. I'm going to exit at over a million dollars for that $115,000. And oh, by the way, it's nice. in a Roth IRA, a self-directed Roth IRA. And many of your listeners probably know that means it's tax free. So my almost $900,000 gain that I'm anticipating will be completely tax free. That is what we call generational or legacy wealth. And if I can't spend the whole 900000 myself, <laughs> my daughter will get it. Well, you might be able to buy two dozen eggs with that. Yeah, the yeah, current right. races are going. <laughs> by that time, if you can even find it, what's an egg? They what's an egg? <laughs> Chickens? No, chickens are a protected species now. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, good. On the species list. That's good. Yeah. That's funny. That's good. But, but wow, you were smart enough to put these investments in IRAs. So you know whatever you make on these, government can't touch it. It is your money, and it's if it's the Roth. Strength. If, if it's as the Roth. long as it's a Roth, of course. Yeah, the the regular self directed IRA is just tax deferred, but even right. that, it's fine. I just leave it in there, and I don't have to touch it. I've got all this other money I can use, <laughs> so I'll I'll just leave it there, and hopefully, you know, when my daughter takes it out, then she'll pay the tax on it. <laughs> I'll let her worry about that. Well, in that time, well, that's that's a fight for another day. That's correct. But, but wow, that that's amazing that you had the vision to go out and start looking at these properties because I love one of your sayings with the companies. They you can't make more land. Invest in land because they're not making any more of it. Exactly. Uh but it, it's very important. Interesting to have the foresight to do this, especially in certain areas where the city of the city actually bumped up your your zoning, and that's not really heard of unless you go and actually complain or uh, right. petition for that now. Right. Well, to get back to a, a question that some of your listeners may have, or that you alluded to earlier, is you know why only that sixty mile radius around? Los Angeles. Well, we call it the 10 growth factors. There okay. are 10 economic trends, 10 growth factors, all occurring at the same time inside that circle. And one of them is business-friendly city government. As an example, wow. I will not invest in Pleasanton, California, which is 20 minutes from my house. I won't invest in land for development there because they're very anti-development. They have been for years. In fact, the city of Pleasanton sued the state of California to try to prevent them from enforcing the uh, enforcing a, a law on the city that they had to build more housing, especially low-income housing. Pleasanton said, no, we're not going to build that housing and we're going to go to court. They lost, so they have to build the housing. But you don't want to invest in a city where you're going to fight tooth and nail to oh, no. you know the developer doesn't oh permits and oh yeah we'll get back to you in five months you know mm -hmm. we haven't had time to review your permit yet you don't want that and i i, I don't want to bad mouth pleasant it's a beautiful city by the way great place to go i wouldn't want to live there necessarily um you know if i was an investor but that's why we we that's one of the 10 reasons why we invest in the areas that we do because the city governments are all very pro-development they're pro-expansion um, they they put a lot of infrastructure. Okay, mm -hmm. you follow the money. Oh well, yeah. The city, the city government of Lancaster and Palmdale, about two or three years ago, put 180 million dollars of city money into widening the off ramps off of Highway 14. Now you got to ask yourself, why would a city government do that? Uh, it, 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 they're just making the roads easier to get on and off the freeway. Well, mm -hmm. duh, they know something that we don't like. Maybe there's a bunch of housing developments going to be produced, you know, being built. Maybe there's a shopping center coming. So we immediately start to buy up all the land near those exits off the freeway because we know development is coming. You follow the money. And that's just two of the 10. There's eight other reasons. I don't even remember all eight, but there's eight other economic trends that we follow to make sure that we're in an area where there's going to be future development and a lot of it, not just a little, but a lot of it. Now you raise, you really raise an extra interesting point because 
every every section in the United States wants to be political about everything. And it's more or less what do they get out of having something done. Now, when you're investing in land and when you're scouring this with the with the eight, do you actually look at how it benefits one the political side of things and also the the township or residential area where you invest? Well, not so much the politics, Magnus. We're more interested in the economic factors. Okay. So in, in that 60-mile radius around LA, is there enough water? Are there freeways and air and rail mm-hmm. to support the influx and outgo of goods and services? Are they near a harbor? Long Beach and LA Harbor, I believe, oh are the either first and second or second and third. They're like one of the biggest harbors in the United States of America for incoming goods. Well, guess what? All that stuff coming over from China and Korea and Japan, it's in those big, you know, those uh, containers. They unload those. Well, where do they go after that? They got to go to warehouses. Right. And e-tailing or the Amazon effect, this whole online business, which we're all seeing billions of dollars every year, and it goes up and up and up every year. Mm -hmm. Well, Amazon has to take those containers, put all the goods that came over into a warehouse and the warehouse has to be close to a major metropolitan area because guess what everybody wants overnight delivery yes well in order to have overnight delivery you got to have a warehouse with the goods in it that's close enough to get there overnight well guess where they're building all these warehouses now lancaster palmdale palm springs desert hot springs you know victorville it's exploding warehousing is exploding and some of the areas where there's already a lot of warehouses those city governments have said no more, sort of like NIMBY, you know, not in my backyard. They pollute because all the trucks coming in. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of noise. We're getting pushback from uh, our, our community, you know, the people that live in the city. They don't want any more warehouses. So it's pushing them further out right into the land that our investors own. So okay. it's all connected. It's all got to do with economics. Our CEO is a PhD economist. All he does is study trends, micro and macro trends. And and when his father formed the company 40 some uh, 43 years ago, 44 years ago, I believe now, uh, he and the son is now running the company. They've been doing this for four decades. They've been following these trends and they know this is what's going to keep happening in this particular area for at least the foreseeable future, maybe 15, 20 more years. After that, I may get another job. But after that, 20 years from now, I'll be 92. So maybe it'll be time, <laughs> it'll be time to retire. You can retire on the beach with a, <laughs> with right. a couple of glasses of sand next to you. It's like, oh, these are the things that help me get here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, man. that That's amazing. Just hearing a, even a little bit that we're actually, we're just testing the surface of this. Because I know there's way much more of this. Because I've seen the, the presentation with you and Marcelo. Uh, I've after talking with you about this, but right now we need to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to dive more into this and expand our horizons on land banking. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and also people, thank you that actually started listening at the beginning of this. If you have any questions so far, the phone number to call us is one 472 5789 But we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. Brad, thank you for tuning. Thank you for being here. And uh, we'll see you in a few moments. Yep. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. 
Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. If you have any questions for Magnus or his guests, join us on the show at 866-472-5789. That's 866-472-5789. Now back to the show. Here is Magnus Carter. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Uh, if you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. We have had an ex very, in, not really an in-depth conversation, but a very good overview of what land banking is. If you're still curious what land banking is, go back and listen to the first part of the show, because we're actually going to pick up right where we left off before the break uh, with Brad Warren. Welcome back, Brad. Thank you. Excellent. It's it, a very good conversation we're having. Uh, we were talking about resources and how actually branching out of certain places that are actually stopping development, forcing companies to develop elsewhere. And that's one thing that uh, Brad, as a land consultant, is uh, very in-depth with, especially with this. Uh, now, as, as we know, land cannot be created overnight. So, and the value of land is very precious, especially when it comes to development, because everybody's fighting over that li last little piece of land so they can actually uh, put the jigsaw puzzle together and build, build their company so they can start generating revenue from it. So we did talk about a couple of the factors that go into this, but one question that you said, one statement that you said, it might be 15, 20 years from now that. You know, you're going to retire, but how fast is land going at this current rate? That's a great question. And we've actually asked our CEO that pretty much almost every year. We used to have uh, all hands meetings, you know, like annual meetings at the company headquarters in Southern California. And then COVID came, so we didn't do that anymore for a while. In fact, we had to cancel our company trip uh, for uh, two years in a row. Uh, we took a break from from that, but uh, it depends on what kind of land. So some land is disappearing faster than other. There are five categories of zoning for land. At the very bottom, the least expensive is what's called non agri non residential agricultural land. That's basically farmland, uh, but that's where all the solar farms are being built. Then you have residential, which is housing. You have uh, industrial, which would be the warehouses that I alluded to earlier, like an Amazon or a Skechers or a Michaels, uh, Walmart, you know, th those big warehouses. It could be a storage facility. It could be a marijuana grow facility would be in an industrial yeah. zone. They don't like to build those next to schools or hospitals. <laughs> so they're, they're kind of segregated into the industrial area of town. Uh, the next level up is commercial. So that would be apartment buildings, uh, maybe hotels, things like that. And then mixed use, which would be a conglomeration. It could be a, a, a gigantic project that includes housing and some retail and a movie theater and restaurants, parking lot, you know, all of that. So that would be mixed use. So you've got these five categories. Well, right now, solar is disappearing even faster than our CEO had predicted. He said, you know, eh, maybe we got 20 years and then it was down to 15 and then 10. Right now it's around seven, six, seven years. Seven years. 
where wow. all the land, at least the affordable land that's where they want to put these solar farms, that will be gone or very close to gone, or else the price is going to go up and, and be uh, not out of reach of our investors, but certainly not what they're used to. You're not going to be able to get an acre for 25000 anymore. In fact, when I first started investing mm-hmm. 11 years ago, the minimum investment was about 15000 and then it went to twenty, and then now it's 25 so we're even seeing we, we just can't get those really, really super cheap properties anymore. Um, so, you know, seven, eight years, again, ballparking it, that's the solar land is disappearing that fast. In fact, one of the statistics that the CEO cited, he said 50 square miles of land inside that 60 mile radius circle and mostly just in the top portion in the Antelope Valley. 50 square miles has disappeared to solar farms in the last two and a half years. <laughs> two and a half years, 50 square two and miles. Two and a half years, seven by seven. You know, if you imagine a square, seven mm-hmm. miles long, seven miles yeah. wide, that'd be 49 square miles of land all taken up by solar farms. In fact, if people don't believe me, uh, here's what you do. Go to Google Earth or Google Maps or whatever it's called which by the way is about 3 or 4 years behind with their you know the pictures they take from outer space they're behind mm-hmm. they can't keep up fast enough mm-hmm. but go back to like 2010 and go to the Antelope Valley and you won't see a lot of solar farms you can see these solar farms from from uh, up where the satellites are they're big enough mm-hmm. and they're like little black squares and you'll see a few and then go to 2011 2012 2013 and every year you will see more and more and more of these black squares of the solar panels taking up more and more land. And in a, in a less than a decade, roughly, it's going to be just one complete black square in that whole western part of the Antelope Valley, outside the, the basic city limits. So they, they don't build the solar farms in the residential area or the mixed-use mm-hmm. area or the commercial uh, or the industrial. It's all to the west side. They also have some wind farms there as well. That's all going to be gone. We're actually moving north now. We're actually uh, at the very top of that circle uh, with the county line between Los Angeles County and Kern County. Mm-hmm. We're now moving into southern Kern County because all of northern California, northern L.A. County is being consumed and, and it's gone. So we're, we're even being forced to go further than the 60 miles to find suitable land to sell to our investors. It's just it's literally it's called the greatest land rush in the history of California and it's all because of the sun and the cheap electricity wow that is that's honestly ridiculous <laughs> that <Yes>. all that <laughs> yes that's what i say sometimes i just shake my head and go this is nuts this is crazy oh and did i mention sb100 senate bill 100 signed mm-hmm. in october of 2018 by Governor Brown, one of the last bills he signed before he left office, went into effect January 1st, 2019, requires the entire state of California to get all of its electricity for buildings and homes from renewables by 2045. Well, it ain't coming from biomass. It's not coming from hydro. Nuclear is out because that's not renewable. You're not yeah. getting it from thermal because we don't know how to tap into the core of the, uh, you know, through the mantle of the earth into the core and, and draw that heat up and, and make electricity, you know, using heat and steam turbines. It's coming from solar, a little bit of wind, Jeez. but mostly solar. We're at 33%, Magnus, and it took us over 20 years to get to 33%. Now we got to triple that number to 100%. We got to go another 67% from renewables. And we have less than 25 years. How is that even possible? We don't even know if it's possible, if it'll happen. The energy is companies there... will get fined millions of dollars if they don't hit the goal. But that, and that's just homes and buildings. What about all that's... the electric cars and the electric yeah. buses? Those aren't even factored into the equation. And right now, you know, Tesla, they're building those suckers and they're sold. There's like a wait list to get mm-hmm. one now. Two years, three years, I heard. To, to, to buy one because they're so popular. Not so, only, wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> Not only that is they can't keep the power on the grid the way it is. 
That's right. <laughs> well, they're, what, they're, what they're doing in these solar areas now, they're building what are called BESS, Battery Energy Storage Systems. So the utilities finally realized, okay, we can produce this wonderful, almost free to them electricity mm -hmm. during the day when the sun is shining. But what do we do between 4 and 9 p.m. when the demand is at its highest and the sun has gone down? So they're now having to build these battery energy storage systems, which require massive amounts of land to store the energy produced during the day and be able to feed it back into the grid in the evening and the night when there's no more sun out. So it's all this complicated, everything's tied together. It's wow, is all I keep saying when I, when I think about this. Yeah, and they didn't think about that beforehand when they, well, yeah, I... This well, they might have, but they weren't building the BESS. They weren't building these storage systems until fairly recently. We've had a couple of clients sell their land just for the battery battery energy storage system to be built. Or sometimes they'll build it in the, inside the solar farm and, okay. and the client will exit that way. So it's it's just amazing. It's just mind-boggling. That's completely mind-boggling with that, especially when the way technology is actually increasing itself you're gonna they're gonna be sold out of it and then by the time they get everything in place they're gonna have to go through and rip it all up again that's impressive because you're still putting outdated technology in that's not efficient in land areas where it could be more used more efficiently and for a better price <laughs> yeah well the pan the panel technology keeps going up the, oh, yeah. the ability to produce more electricity per square inch keeps going up. Uh, we've even had a couple of clients exit with long-term leases. They get these 15-year leases with five and two five-year renewals, and they pay a 2% escalation clause. So they set a base rate for monthly income. So you're going to okay. get, let's say it's $1,000. So okay. the next, and you, for, for one year, you're going to get $1,000 uh, is what we'll pay you. And then the next year, it's $1,020 because it went up 2%. And then it's a thousand forty dollars and twenty cents or whatever, and that just keeps going up. And you wind up if you use one of those calculators that you you plug in the numbers. Mm -hmm. And over the twenty five year period, these people are going to be making like a one and a half to two million dollars on a twenty five thousand dollar investment. Oh, and by the way, at the end of twenty five years, they still own the land. <laughs> it's still their land. So PG and E or Southern California Edison or San Diego Power, they're going to either have to buy the land then or come in and take all their solar panels out, but you're still going to own the land. So it's there's all kinds of perturbations and 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 different ways to to go about this. It's just and we're just touching the you know the tip of the iceberg here. And that's one of the the items that you offer is the free consultation fee when you're ready to sell on your exit strategy. Am I correct on that? You are, oh, you paid close attention when you watched the video. I so, absolutely do. Yeah, we, we call it free negotiation coaching. The COO of the company uh, so far, and it depends on how many investors we have going down the road, whether he can continue to do this. But right now, he gets involved on any and all negotiations where the investor needs help. So you say, well, how does he do this free negotiation coaching? Well, quick example. Let's say you bought two acres of solar mm -hmm. land for $30,000. And Southern California, two years after you bought it, comes and says, we'll offer you 40,000. And you think to yourself, wow, I made 10 grand. That's a 33% increase in two mm -hmm. years. And you call me and you say, Brad, I got this offer from Southern California Edison, 40,000, I paid 30, should I sell? Well, first of all, I can't give financial advice, so I can't say yes or no. But I'd say, send me the email with the information. Mm -hmm. I send the email to the COO. He and I get on a call. He says, Brad, here's six, seven, eight questions I want you to give to Magnus to ask the solar company. And you you don't know what questions to ask, but I give them to you for free. Right. You go back to the solar company. You want to, um, what are you going to do with the land? Oh, we're building a solar farm. Uh, what's the name of the project? How many acres? How many megawatts? Because you want to know how what the cash oh, yeah. flow is that they're going to be making themselves based on what a kilowatt hour sells to the customer for. Uh, how many megawatts? When are you breaking ground? When will it go online? Is a battery battery energy storage system being built on the site or is it just for solar panels? Well, that's six, seven, eight questions you might not have known. Oh, and by the way, we may have other Valor investors in the same area 
who have been approached by Southern California Edison and you were offered 40, maybe we know they've already been offered 60. So we know you're, they're just lowballing you to try to steal the land. So we give you all that information, you negotiate. And the, as soon as you start asking these questions, what do you think the negotiator at Southern California Edison does? He grabs his head and he goes, oh my God, this, is, this got- guy knows something. He's too smart. We're not going to be able to get it. So now they offer you 65. They just went from 40 to 65. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're only at 2X. So we don't want you selling yet. So we keep giving you information. We keep helping you. And then maybe they get up to 120. So now you bought it for 30, right? So now you're at 4X. You're in the zone where okay. we think you'll make a very good return. If you ask me, Brad, should I sell for 120? I can't say yes or no. That's financial advice. But mm-hmm. if I know that three other Valor investors just exited for 112, 115, and 118, and you were offered 120, the way I answer your question is I'll say, Magnus, that's a very good price. Or Magnus, that's fair market value according to the information that we currently have in our possession. Okay. Notice I didn't say no, I didn't say yes, nope. but I certainly indicated that, yeah. Now you could try to squeeze out 122, 123. That's up to you, but you may lose the deal. So take your right. 120, you made 90,000 in two, three years. Not bad. And now people always ask me this question. Well, why do you guys do this for free? Isn't, doesn't the COO charge for his time? Well, yeah, you usually charge us $2,000 an hour, $3,000 an hour for his level of expertise. But we do it because A, we want you, the investor, to have a win. Because what are you going to do? You're either going to reinvest some of that with us, which we would love, and or you're going to tell your friends, you're not going to believe what I just did. It took three (laughs) years, but I turned 30,000 into 120. I want to know more about that. Who, where, Brad, you got to meet Brad, you got to meet Brad. So it's a way to get clients, but also we get legal insider information from you that you've gotten from Southern California Edison that we didn't know about like the boundaries of that project. Right. Now we go, oh my God, this is a 2000 acre project. They're only, they've just started. We go look inside those boundaries and we try to buy up as much of that land as we can, as cheap as we can, give it, mm-hmm. sell it to our investors. We mark it up. So we make some money. Obviously right. that's how we run the company. But then our investors are going, well, why should I buy this? Because we know there's a project coming. We have five <laughs> other investors that have already sold inside and this is what they sold for and and we show them the contracts because we get that from the investor and they allow us to share it with other velour investors so yeah it's free but we get something out of it let's not be you know we're not totally altruistic in that sense no you get it you get it at the front end and what you do is you and on the back end you get the referrals and reinvestments at a higher cost and a and the same percentage so you got repeat customers yep and that's the name of the game in fact i would say i know for marcella she has over 500 clients 500 sales i would say her the number of her clients who own more than one property is probably 60 70 percent i know for me it's probably closer to 80 i have far fewer sales because i've been doing a a lot uh, less time than she has but I would say, you know, most of my clients are multiple buyers. They become land addicts is what we call them. That's <laughs> so what my wife and I, be, you know, we bought one, then I bought two and three, and then she got two, and then we got six more. So, and, that, and then she said, that's enough. <laughs> no more. No more land. We got enough dirt. Well, plus on top of that, you, you own the land, but you also have equity. In case you need to borrow against it, like you are saying before, you borrow against it, and then you can repay it back whenever you can. Well, you can't borrow against the land. Oh, you can't borrow against land? Okay. Well, lenders, my understanding, and again, I'm not a mortgage person. I'm not okay. a lender. So nope. you know, this is not advice. But my okay. understanding is they don't land, lend against vacant land because there's no collateral. There's no building. There's no okay. actual thing there except That's the right. land. Gotcha. So they're, they're not going to lend against it because it's an illiquid market. You can't just go out and sell your land to anybody. You kind of have to wait for the developer. That's the end. And the exit strategy, wait for the developer. So you can't really borrow against the land. Also, they don't, as far as I know, most lenders won't finance people to buy land either. They won't lend you money to buy it for the same reason. It's just land. It's dirt. Mm -hmm. There's no collateral there. 
So okay. um, our clients use their IRAs or they use cash or they do a 1031 exchange. I gotcha. have several, several of those going on right now. Okay. Well, I know someone out there was probably thinking that. So it's good to bring it up and and uh, squash that right now. <laughs> so that, and that's what all, this is all about, honestly, because I'm still being educated on it. I can't wait till I can get to the point where I can actually go and invest in this, uh, which will okay. be coming. We will uh, welcome you with open arms. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But till then, the company, my company is still developing and being fruitful and whatnot. And like you said, you have to have the money to set aside for seven to 10 years. And right. I want to make sure I do that properly. So I'm not constantly looking over my shoulder and looking, constantly looking at it. It's like, well, how's it doing today? Or how's it doing next month? And and this and that and driving, and, driving you nuts and driving me nuts. <laughs> well, it's funny that you said I had one client. He called me after a year. He says, how's my land doing? I said, Rick, it rained in the Antelope Valley, which is rare because <laughs> it's the high desert. They get very little rain. I said, but it, it rained in the Antelope Valley and, you know, your land is wet and tomorrow it will be dry. That's how your land's doing. And he kind of chuckled and he knew I was kind of yanking his chain a little. And he says, no, really? How is I said, well, do you get on the free Tuesday night updates from the COO? He said, no. I said, well, if you got on those, you might have seen your land even mentioned in one of those updates because he tells us about the, the future developments that are either be, the ground being broken or about to be broken. I said, so I don't want you to call me anymore. Your land is fine. I told you seven to 10 years. It's only been a year. Uh, and get on those Tuesday night webinars. I said, okay, I'll do that. Well, about two years later, I get a photo. It's a selfie of him and his wife. And in, he's holding up the camera. And, in, and behind him is a solar farm. And I, I emailed him. I called him up. I, I just called him. I said, Rick, what the hell is this? He says, oh, that's a solar farm across the street from my property. I'm not going to bother you anymore. I know it's coming. I just have to be patient. You told me seven to 10 years. It's only been about three. But this wasn't there when I bought three years ago, and it's there now. So I know it's coming. So thank you very much. Have a nice day. And, you know, that was it. <laughs> Occasionally, I'll get calls when it comes tax time which may be a question that some of your listeners are wondering is, you know, well, what are the carrying costs? Other than buying the land, there's an escrow fee and we have our okay. own internal escrow department. So that fee is lower than using an outside escrow. We pay for the title insurance and the natural hazard disclosure report. So as the seller to you, the investor, we cover those. So it's your, your, uh, your price of the land, and your escrow fee. If you're using an IRA, there's a $250 IRA fee because there's extra paperwork. Okay. And then it's just your yearly taxes. And because of Proposition 13 here in California, which was passed in 1978, retroactive to 1976, property taxes, when a, a property changes hands, it's recalculated at the current price. But because it's vacant land, mm -hmm. the assessor never assesses it assesses it at the full value of the purchase. It's almost, it's usually about half. So one of my properties, I think I paid $90 in my last tax bill, <laughs> $90 for the year. Okay. And, it, and oh, by the way, it can only go up 2% a year. So $90 the next year, it's 90, $91.80. And then it's <laughs> like $93. I mean, it, so the incremental increase over time is very low. So the okay. total outlay, even if you have to wait 10 years, even if you're paying 500 a year, so about five, let's say $6,000 on a $100,000 property, you're still around 100, you know, 106, yeah. 100. It's not, you know, so you'll try to get the extra six from the, from the buyer and, and recoup your money that way. So carrying costs over time are extremely low. Okay. That, that was actually my next question. <laughs> so you already <laughs> answered that, but Brad, we are out of time. We're really getting close to the end. So how can we, the listeners, also myself included, reach out to you and learn more about this and also say, Hey, I want to do this. I have the extra cash. How do we get in contact? The best way to get a hold of me is email. And okay. it's just my name, Brad at bradwarren.com. And just very quickly, you brought up the idea of, you know, I have the cash, I want to, you can partner 
with up to four non-family members and eight family members. So maybe you don't have 50,000, but you've got a friend with 25 and you've got 25, you put it together and you could get a $50,000 property between you. We're, I'm not going to go into the details of that right now, but, okay. but that is an option for people. But again, oh, brad at bradwarren.com. I respond to emails within 24 hours and I'll set up a Zoom call and we'll take as much time as we need for me to go into uh, any other questions that your listeners might have. Oh, awesome. And don't forget when you email Brad, make sure you put in the subject line, Magnus's show. So you can actually, so you know, because I know Brad works on referrals and we do this to make sure that we have good investors and willing to actually do this. Uh, please, I will actually put that in the description as well. Uh, Magnus' show along with Brad's email. And I also have a link on there with my calendar in case you have any other further questions that I may help you and then get you over to Brad. Well, Brad, that's the show for today. It was jam-packed with everything. It, not everything, but we have a very good playing field, if you will, of the land. Yes. And again, thank you. Thank all your listeners for listening in. And thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. And next week, I have some will Zach Winner with commercial real estate investing. <laughs> so you invest in the land, you can invest in commercial real estate next. So that's it for this week, guys, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, get outside, enjoy some of this weather. If it's nice out, enjoy it because winter is still here. Until then, I'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to the next show where we will be making more money for you. Until then, have a fantastic week.